Psalms 51, starting in verse 10. Let me give you a little background before I read this. This is a psalm of David that uh, comes after... Well, y'all know the story of David and Bathsheba, right? How he saw Bathsheba and, and desired her, and what did he do? Unfortunately for him, Bathsheba had a husband. They kind of got in the way of things, didn't it? So David sends her husband to the front lines so that he could be killed conveniently. Well, the prophet Nathan come to David afterwards and said, Look, I know what you're doing. God has showed me what you've done. And David repents, doesn't he? Repents for the actions he did. So, this psalm follows that. So, let's start in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. I want to really focus on verse 10 today. Renew a right spirit within me. Renew a right spirit within me. You know, last week we talked about We began talking about fasting. And I want to take this opportunity to strongly encourage you to come Sunday nights. Because if you come Sunday morning and then the next Sunday morning, you miss something in between. A lot of times as God begins to lay these things on my heart and I preach them to you, they just fall in order. I can't go from one Sunday morning to the next so that all of you get it. Okay? I strongly encourage you to be here. God is wanting to do something great with this church, y'all. Last Sunday morning we preached about about preparing to receive what God has for us. And I kind of went into a little bit that we're going to need to do some fasting and praying. Well, this Scripture today says... David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Now what does that mean? What does it mean to renew a right spirit within me? It means to change your attitude, don't it? It means to get focused on the things you ought to be focusing on. Last week we talked about emptying ourselves of all the things that tie ourselves up with this world. You know, we, we can't desire things from God the way we should when we're full of everything else besides Him. When you're full, you're not going to be hungry. I like to keep it simple. 
Real simple. So David prayed and he said, God created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Why did he pray that? Because he knew he had went wrong. He had turned the wrong way. And he had put things into his heart and mind that shouldn't be there. And you know, sometimes the only way to get that straightened out is to go to God and say, God, I know I've done wrong, but I need you to help me clean it up. Straighten me back out. Put me back on the right path. What does the Bible say the Word is to us? A lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You've got to turn back to the Word in order to get this kind of stuff straightened out. Now let's look at verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. This is part of that renewing a right spirit. You know, I don't see a whole lot of joy on the faces of y'all sitting here today. He said, restore unto me... Now y'all listen to this scripture. David has in this block of scripture the kind of attitude and heart for God that we need. He says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Do y'all remember what it was like when you were saved? Do you remember the the great overflowing joy that you had? And what was the first thing you wanted to do? Tell somebody. Thank God somebody's listening. Did y'all read the next verse? What does he say? Verse 13. Then, huh? Then I will teach transgressors thy ways. You renew that joy that I had when I was saved. And what am I going to do? I'm going to go tell somebody about it. See, this is that right spirit that he's talking about. When you get renewed in your spirit, see, the Word says that you should be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Y'all need to be renewed. I need to be renewed. My spirit needs to be constantly kept in check. Make sure that it is following what God's Word says. Renew a right spirit within me. When that joy, when you remember that joy from being saved, see, it's not just remembering the event. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't care if you know how old you were what clothes you was wearing, where it happened. That doesn't matter. It's the joy that you felt when you received salvation. When you remember that, when it comes flooding back into you, you're going to go want to do something. You're going to want to tell people. You're going to remember, oh, I don't want them to die and go to hell. Oh, wait a minute. This is better than living in this world and not knowing God. I need to tell somebody so that they can be saved. Renew a right spirit. Y'all going to wake up before it's over with. This is good stuff. You'll find out later on. You'll think on it and all of a sudden it's going to hit home.
Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, starting verse 3. And he spake many things unto them in a parable, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Now, y'all have heard this before, probably. Parable of the sower. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, Because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground. Thank God. Thank God it fell into good ground, y'all. See, this is about me right here. This is about you. Those that fell into good ground brought forth fruit some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Do y'all know what that means? Why is there three different ones mentioned there? How come it's just not all everybody produced a hundredfold? First of all, let's make sure everybody knows what that means. It means that's talking about the quantity that was produced from the seed that was planted. You know, you can go plant a seed and something will grow, and I've seen times that no fruit was produced. Right? So why is it that there was a hundredfold and sixtyfold and thirtyfold? You ever thought about that? You ever sat and pondered what exactly was Jesus was trying to say to us there? I'm going to tell you today. I'm going to tell you that Jesus was trying to show you that there is different levels of you serving God. Depending on how much you want to sacrifice, how much you want to give to Him, how much dedication you want to have into serving Him, determines the fruit that's going to come out of it. See, that 30-fold can be kind of likened to a casual Christian. Man, they're, they're, they're serving God, okay. I'm not trying to knock them down because they did produce fruit, right? And we're not talking about the lukewarm Christian that doesn't produce anything. We're talking about the one that he's serving God or she's serving God, but there's just not that same level of dedication that there is with the 60 and the hundredfold. And then you got the 60s that are kind of middle of the road. They, they're doing more. Maybe they're still learning. They're still gaining ground, figuring out what it means to really serve God, but they're they're really trying to do good. And then the hundredfolds, those that are just really working their tails off for God. I don't think I fit that mark. I'm probably somewhere, I'd like to think 60, but I probably have to, if I'm really being honest, have to back off a little bit from 60. What does this matter? What does that have to do with renewing a right spirit? Well, 
let's just let's just start from the beginning. I believe God's calling us to fast. I believe God's calling us to have a corporate fast. That means everybody that can. I believe this is for a reason, y'all. The fasting, you need to have a purpose. And my purpose in it, I don't know about you, you may have a, a different purpose that comes out of it. My purpose is, number one, to get back where I need to be with God. To get just as close as I can to Him. And the only way to do that is to renew a right spirit within me. That means flushing out everything that's bad and putting in nothing but good. Right? I've got to get it out. Get the stuff out of the way. That Whether it's food, whether it's entertainment, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but when it takes the place of God, it's in the way. I've got to get it out. So that's my number one priority. But number two is coming together as a church body, seeking God for what we need to be doing. I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of it. I want to do something. You know what? I understand. God is, has been speaking to me. If you don't do it, ain't nothing going to happen. Huh? See, we can sit, on, sit around here all the time and say, God, we want to do something for you. But you've got to do something. You can sit and say it all you want to, but God ain't going to pull you into it. You gotta take a step. You gotta start moving his direction. What's the word say? If you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. For those of y'all that may not understand the word nigh, it means close. You draw close to me, I'll come close to you. Fasting is about drawing close to God, it's about putting him first. And I know some of y'all are sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, fasting? It's, it's you know, if you hadn't ever done it before, it's maybe kind of scary. Maybe kind of, maybe you're not sure what's going to go on. Look, all fasting is is about putting yourself aside, denying yourself so that you can focus on God. You you can go a full-blown fast, fast every meal, or you can do a partial fast, whatever. I'm not here to dictate that right now. But what I'm trying to tell you is that David was showing us here that we need to renew a spirit in us that's right and get rid of the old thing, whatever it is that's getting between us and God. We've got to purge that stuff out of our lives if we're going to be victorious for God. If we're going to live victorious. Listen, the victory has already been won. I want you all to get a firm grasp of this today. The victory has already been won. We have been set free, but we choose to stay in bondage. What did the Israelites do? They were walking around in that desert free. And they said, you know what, we'd be better off going back to Egypt. And we ain't got to worry about if we're going to eat or drink anything back there. 
We would rather just go sit in bondage instead of striving and working towards what it is God has for us. See, God has a promised land waiting on us. Do you understand that? He has great things waiting on us, but we've got to make a journey to get there. We've got to take the steps that are necessary to put sin behind us and walk into the promised land. Now, I know that's a simple analogy, but that's okay. Because it rings true. I'm not trying to beat up on y'all. I'm trying to enlighten you a little. Trying to get us all on the same page. A church can't be unified when we're all doing different things. A church can't be unified when we're not praying and fasting together. Definitely praying together. We've got to be a praying people. We've got to be a praying church. I want people to know Community Full Gospel is a church that prays and gets results. Y'all have heard me quote the Scripture many times. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you still fit the bill? Do you still fall into that category? You see, I want my prayers answered. And when people pray for me, I want those prayers to be answered. When I pray with people, I want our faith to unite and I want the prayer to be answered. Otherwise, why in the world are you praying? So you need to make sure you fit the bill. I want to be one of those that when I pray and I ask God for something, He perks up and listens because I'm so close to Him. I'm not distant. I don't want God to be struggling trying to hear me because I'm so far away. I know God don't have a hearing problem, y'all. But His hearing problem is caused by my own Things I put between me and Him blocking the path. You see, because He won't have any part of it. When I put that stuff in my life, He says, Oh no, I'm holy. I don't want nothing to do with it. That's why He said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He wants us to be in fellowship with Him. But when we get all this junk piled up in our life, y'all ever been in a house that just... People just piled stuff everywhere and you just feel uncomfortable. You feel like you're you're just boxed in, right? I feel like that's what my life is like sometimes. I get junk just piled up and just towers of stuff leaning like it's going to collapse at any moment. And I have to think that God sees that and says, No, I don't want no part of that. You need to clean that thing up some. That's what fasting's about, y'all. Getting it out. Setting everything else out of the way. Cleaning up, making room for God. And that's what I want to do. I want to clean my house. I want God to just say, oh man, this is a nice place. I want to come in. That's what I want. It ain't just me. I want that for this church. I want, y'all listen, this is a, it may be, it may seem foolish to you. I want people to walk in that back door and just say, wait a minute, there's something different in here. 
I want people to just, when they come in, it ain't got nothing to do with the look on people's faces. I want them to walk through the door and to feel the presence of God. Y'all ever walked in a church like that? Man, I've been in places like that. It's like, oh man, there's something good going on here. People are praying. People are inviting God in. They're cleaning their houses and making room for Him. We need to be preparing to receive from God. See, it don't just happen overnight. It don't just happen at the drop of a hat. You have to make preparations for God to come and visit. You have to prepare. It means change. Out with the old, in with the new, right? I know this is a convenient time to talk about this kind of stuff. Being the beginning of a new year. And it's kind of cliche some, but that's okay. You see, this is what God put on my heart. I don't care when it happened. I don't care if it happened in the middle of June. It's time to clean house. It is time to prepare to receive from God. I want you all to know that we are the army of God. We are His army. If we're not prepared, who will be? Who is going to prepare us if we don't prepare ourselves? If we don't get ready to receive what God has for us and to be looking for His guidance and direction, who is going to show us? Ain't nobody going to come in here and grab you by the arm and shake you and say, hey, God's talking to you. It ain't going to happen. God ain't going to force you. He'll find somebody else that will. But you know what? That may not be here. I want it to happen here. I want to take the fight to the devil. I want to take, y'all listen now. I want to take the fight to him. I want the devil to take notice. And you think you won't find resistance? If you want to see resistance, you begin to fast and pray and see that the devil won't fight you back. And if you, if it happens, that is confirmation to you that you're on the right track. When he begins to fight you, you're doing something right. I hadn't felt the devil fight me in a while. Till just recently. See, I'm trying to get back in that right spirit with God. I'm trying to get a clean heart in me. I'm trying to establish a solid foundation that I can build not only my own spiritual life on, but begin to build this church up on. Listen, we've got to break loose from the bondage of this world and turn loose the things that are weighing us down. Listen, understand, those things that are weighing you down are not attached to you. You can let them go at any time. You're carrying them intentionally. Y'all ever seen people walking or running, carrying these weights? Ain't that foolish? That makes it a lot harder. See, that's how I think. At any point in time, they could throw them weights down. It'd be a whole lot easier. Or they put the weights around their ankles. Makes it harder to move your legs. Common sense, right? We're free. We're free. Did y'all hear me? We are free. The baggage and bondage and weights that you keep yourself in and carrying around, that's of your own accord. God does not put that upon you. Nobody says you have to stay there. You are free. 
The Word says, Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Somebody rejoice. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm not obligated to my sinful nature anymore. I have no obligation to live in sin and live in bondage anymore any longer. I'm free. But I have to walk in freedom. I have to take advantage of the privileges I have in Christ. If I say no, it's so much easier to sit here in bondage. You know what? I'm going to stay in bondage. If I turn around and go back to Egypt now, the chances of me getting out are that much slimmer. Moses ain't going to turn around and come back after me. I really want to challenge you guys this week. I want you to really start thinking about this and praying about it now. I can't get it out of my head. I know it's God because I can't forget about it. I can't push it aside. He just keeps pressing on me. We need to fast. We need to fast. Y'all be praying. Y'all be seeking God. Look... Be looking for that purpose. What is our purpose in fasting? I'm going to guarantee you most of you are going to come back with the same answers. God is moving and working. we got to be ready. The Word says He's coming for a people that love His appearing. People that are looking for Him to come. People that are anxious about His return. Look, I don't know when He's coming back. I don't know. The Bible says nobody does. Nobody but the Father. But I'm here to tell you today, I hope it's soon. I long for Him to return. That is the kind of attitude we got to have. And I ain't saying you should, I'm saying you've got to. You need to be looking for Him to come. And the only way to do that is to have that right spirit in you. Right spirit. Not the wrong one, the right one. What's the right one? Oh... Y'all remember this scripture? <clears throat> if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I may have missed a few here and there, but that's pretty much right. That's the kind of spirit we need to have. Humble ourselves and pray. Humble ourselves and pray. Turn, let's don't leave this part out, turn from our wicked ways. You see, you can humble yourself and pray and then turn around and go do what you want to do. You know what I find myself doing when I don't have the right spirit in me? I find myself doing right on Sunday and Monday morning I'm back doing what I want to do. Just that quick. We come down on the Israelites a lot, don't we? How often they had turned from God and worship other gods. But I'm here to tell y'all, they walked, they walked for 40 years in the desert. And I can't make it past Monday morning. Now, I don't need to be so hard on the Israelites, do I? Y'all, I'm telling you, that should not be the norm. That should be just an exception to the norm. I should not be so bogged down with the things of this world that I can't go and live victoriously for a week or so at least 
before I get fed again. Right? Because I ought to be continually feeding myself on the Word of God. I ought to have purged myself enough that if a little thing comes in, it throws up red flags immediately. And I say, nope, nope. Get that out of there. Get that out of there. Why? Because it causes division between me and God. It separates me from Him. I allow fleshly, worldly, sinful, lustful things to come in and it turns Him away. Understand that I drive Him away. Me. I ain't blaming the devil. Don't don't blame Him. It's you. Your flesh. You desire a fleshly thing, whatever it is, and you allow it. See, that James said that's when sin takes place. First it's lust, and then when sin is fully conceived, boom, there it is. When you see the thing first is when you turn it away. You don't wait until it has time to come in. Guys, we've got to get back to the basics of Christianity if we want to grow. We've got to get back to what it... We've got to remember. We need to be praying and saying, God, help me remember the joy of Thy salvation. Help me remember what it meant to, to serve You and not myself in the world. I'm tired of serving myself. Y'all may think this is crazy, but look at me. I'm serving myself. Too much. Obviously. I guarantee you nobody else will stand up here and say that. I put my suit on and it's getting tighter. Serving myself. Too much. Too much. See, if I wasn't serving myself so much... And look, I don't sit and just lust after food. It's just so convenient. It's readily available. It's just right there. But you know why? Because I feed my flesh, not my spirit. If I spent more time feeding my spirit and begin to... to Put the flesh down. See, that's what fasting is about. It's about taking your foot and putting it on the neck of flesh and saying, you ain't going nowhere, buddy. You just hang on a minute. Because see, the spirit man should be in control. The spirit man, that's the new creation. That old thing's passed away, right? That's what the Word says. Why ain't we living that? The spirit man should be in control. The spirit ought to be able to say, No, flesh, I've got to serve God right now. I don't care how much you want to watch that TV show. I don't care how much you want to go eat that piece of pie. Right now, it's time to serve God. I don't care what you want to do, flesh. See, you've got to keep telling Him. Because He's going to keep hammering at you. 